As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You're listening to NBC Sports Philadelphia. Ruben Frank. Sixth most in NFL history. Ruben knows. The first quarterback in NFL history. Best rating 100 or higher. Each of his best seven history. The podcast. Now, here's Ruben Frank. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Rube Knows. I'm Ruben Frank, and we're presented by Deborah Heart and Lung Center. If it's your heart, demand Deborah. Visit demanddeborah.org. And a reminder to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and read my content on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Okay, now on today's show, we're going to take a look at Nick Foles' postseason, specifically his almost unbelievable production on third down. You're not going to believe these numbers. And our thoughts on Michael Bennett's ongoing legal issues. And we're going to play Barrett Brooks trivia with Barrett Brooks himself. That's going to be very interesting, see how bad he does. But we start off with a look at a really underrated aspect of the Eagles' Super Bowl win, and that's the performance of the offensive line. And and I was thinking back to the 2004 Super Bowl and what was different about this past Super Bowl. Obviously, a lot of things, uh, mostly that they won. But why did they win? That was a pretty good team in 04. And and one of the, the the big breakdowns in that Super Bowl against New England in 04 was on the offensive line. And that was a pretty good old line that year. They had three pro bowlers in the two tackles, Runyon and, and Trey Thomas, and also Jermaine Mayberry, a right guard. So they had three pro bowlers and it was a pretty uh, star-studded offensive line. But in the Super Bowl, that group did not perform. Donovan got hit on the first play of the game. He got hit throughout the game. Uh, he probably he got beat up so bad in that game, and people make fun of him for for puking at the end of the game. Well, if if you watch him and the beating he took in that game, especially up the middle uh, from Brewski and 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 those guys, uh, it was it was a ferocious beating he took in that game. The offensive line, especially those middle three guys, just did not perform. They were terrible, and Donovan never really had time to throw. He got hit. He got hit late. Uh, he got hit out of bounds. And the fact that he did throw three touchdowns and threw for 357 yards is really a testament to, to how well he played by, by himself without a lot of help. Uh, the O-line did not run block well. The running backs averaged just 2.6 yards a carry in that game. Uh, it was just a, a terrible day for the offensive line. And with just an average day, the Eagles win that Super Bowl in 04. But they were terrible, uh, especially up the middle. Uh, with the the center and the two guards, Hank Fraley had probably the worst game of his career uh, playing center that day. And then you contrast that with the offensive line in Super Bowl 52 against the the Patriots again, uh, this time in Minneapolis. And the more I watch of that game, the more impressed I am by that O-line, uh, especially the guys on the right side uh, with, with Kelsey and, and Lane Johnson and, and Brandon Brooks. Not Barrett Brooks, Brandon Brooks. Uh, those three guys, and then you have two guys on the left side who were not the opening day starters in Halapula Vadi Vitae at left tackle and Steve Wisniewski at left guard, and that group was just lights out in the Super Bowl. And 
you know, we, we can talk all day about Nick Foles' incredible performance. That does not happen without the O-line playing at an extraordinarily high level. And, and I think the interesting thing about it is that it was a new group. It was a new group put together uh, with a new left tackle uh, who hadn't really played much NFL football, a left guard who was the third left guard the Eagles had tried during the season, a center in Kelsey who had had an off year the year before, uh, a right tackle in Lane Johnson who had been suspended for most of the 2016 season, 10 games, and a right guard in Brandon Brooks who had dealt with you know, stress and, and missed two games because of you know, his inability to, to deal with, um, with, with the pressure that he talked about and just came back and had a, a remarkable season. And you know, we don't talk enough about the performance of that O-line in that game. Uh, but when you watch the 4 Super Bowl and you contrast it to the 17 Super Bowl, uh, the one thing, you know, the receivers had good games in both and the defense pr- played pretty well. They played better in 04, uh, but the O-line is the glaring difference. And it, it's just, it just speaks volumes for, for that whole group, especially with two subs. You lose a Jason Peters and you're on your third left guard of the season. And to play at that level, Nick Foles uh, threw the ball almost 50 times. He was never touched. Not only was he not sacked, he was never touched. I mean, they didn't get close to him, and it enabled him to just stand back there and find the open receiver, which he did uh, from start to finish of that game. And the the most encouraging thing about it is that this whole group is back in 2018. The Eagles are one of only five teams that can say that, that can bring back their entire offensive line from 2017 to 2018. And what Howie Roseman has done is really devote an extraordinary amount of resources to the two lines. This team is built around the D-line and the O-line, and they've given big contracts out, and they've had high expectations of these guys. And in that Super Bowl, all five of them responded. And uh, I I think the most surprising thing was Halapulo Vadivaitai. He was a guy who struggled early and just got better and better and you watch Halapula Vadivaitai in that Super Bowl, and here's a guy playing in his, what, his ninth career game at left tackle and just played like an absolute beast. Now, Jason Peters will come back in 2018, uh, but at some point he's going to retire. He might play another year, another two years. Uh, Eagles seem to be all set with Halapula Vadivaitai at left tackle, and this offensive line is uh, as good as any in the NFL, as good as the Eagles have ever had. And this has always been a weakness of this team. For for 30 years, the Eagles have never had good offensive lines, and it uh, certainly was refreshing to see a group that played so well together, that was physical, uh, that was consistent, and in the biggest game of the year, in the most important game of the year, uh, really the most important three games of the year, they were at their best. And any Eagles fan is going to be happy to see that group back again for more in 2018. And speaking of Nick Foles, something we've been tweeting about a little bit over the last uh, week is his numbers on third down in the Super Bowl. And I think they're so extraordinary that it's worth a minute or two to kind of just look in detail at what Nick Foles was able to do on third down in the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game and really throughout the postseason because these are unprecedented numbers. Now, the NFL started tracking third down efficiency in 1991. So that's, what, 27 years uh, of, of third down data that we have. So we, we can't go back to 1946 uh, or 1953, but I can tell you 
that since 1991, no quarterback in NFL history has done what Nick Foles has done on third down. And you can go through the numbers, and they're astonishing. Now, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but I know you guys love numbers, so here you go. I'm going to go through Nick Foles' performance on third down in the postseason in detail. Now, I'm going to tweet all these numbers out as well so you can kind of uh, check them out and, and study them and, and read them in detail. But here you go. In the 2017 postseason, now listen to these numbers. They're, they're otherworldly. Nick Foles was 27 for 33 on third down in the entire postseason for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. So that's six incomplete passes and four touchdowns. In his career on third down in the playoffs, so that includes uh, the game of 2013, 32 for 41, 441 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. Now, in the second half in the postseason against the Falcons, Vikings, and Patriots, listen to this. This is hard to believe. This past postseason on third down in the second half, Nick Foles was 17 for 18 for 197 yards, three TDs, and no interceptions. He had one incomplete pass on third down after halftime, third or fourth down, after halftime in the second half in the entire postseason, 17 for 18. That's that's impossible. And the one he didn't convert was a third and 10 late in the uh, third quarter of the Falcons game, and it was a pass to Jay Ajay who – if he was a better receiver, he could have caught the ball and it could have been perfect, but we'll take 17 for 18. All right, in the Super Bowl on third down, Nick Foles, 12 for 15, 171 yards, and two touchdowns against the Bill Belichick defense. In the second half of the Super Bowl, he was 8 for 8 with two touchdowns. In the NFC Championship game on third down, 10 for 11 with two touchdowns. Combined against the Vikings and Patriots on third down, Nick Foles was 22 for 26 for 330 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, and a perfect passer rating of 158.3. You can't get any higher than that. Now, in the second half of those games, 13 for 13. Nick Foles did not have an incomplete pass on third down or fourth down in the second half of the NFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. This is one of the greatest clutch passing performances in NFL history, and it, it, it's almost like the the more removed we get from his performance, the more clarity we get over just how brilliant and how remarkable and how unprecedented his performance was, especially in the context of a guy who hadn't played until a month earlier, who was the backup, uh, who, who didn't get to play until Carson got hurt. And oh, he, frankly, wasn't all that brilliant in the regular season. He had some moments uh, but certainly in the postseason, Nick Foles did things that no quarterback in NFL history has ever done, and the third down numbers really kind of uh, show it, and and they're remarkable. You're talking about 17 for 18 on third down, and on third down in less than 10, he was perfect, did not throw an incomplete pass, and that's really just historic stuff, and I, I still don't believe it. I still, I mean, and I'm the biggest Nick Foles guy in the world, and I still don't believe what he was able to do in the postseason. I probably never will. Uh, I wanted to touch on the, the Michael Bennett situation as well. Michael Bennett uh, involved in a legal situation that's just kind of uh, – it just keeps lingering. His his arraignment date was just delayed from this past Wednesday 
until August 7th now. Uh, as you know, charged with um, felony uh, assault in, in an incident that allegedly occurred immediately after the Super Bowl in 2016. He went to see his brother play for the Patriots against the Falcons uh, in Houston Energy Stadium, and immediately after the game, there was an incident allegedly uh, he's accused of, of shoving an, an elderly disabled woman as he tried to get onto the field. Um, he denies it. His lawyer told our own Dave Zangaro that it, the charges are just not true. And uh, and on we go. Now, I wasn't there. I didn't see what happened. But here's the thing that is really sticking out to me in this whole situation. And I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what happened because I don't know. Unless you were there, unless you were a witness, you don't know. Here's the thing. Wherever you go in public these days, train station, airport, you go to the mall, you're on videotape. Uh, if you're just walking down the street, the odds are some video camera somewhere in a store, in a parking lot is going to catch you and it's going to see you. And that's why, you know, a lot of crimes that are committed and they have video of these things, even if it's in the middle of the night in, in, a, in a commercial neighborhood that's, you know, it doesn't seem like there's cameras there. There are. And it's an era of intense security and heightened awareness of this kind of thing. There's cameras everywhere. Now, if you've been to a Super Bowl, the security of the Super Bowl is unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, it's 100 times more than at the airport. Um, There's checkpoints everywhere. There's security guards everywhere. There's, There's cameras everywhere. And I just don't understand how there was no camera trained on this spot, which was an entrance to the field at a Super Bowl. How is it possible that this alleged incident was not caught on camera? And, uh, you know, beyond the fact that people videotape stuff with their phones whenever there's any kind of altercation. I was driving up 95 the other day and there was a car on fire and these idiots are parked in the middle of 95 videotaping this burning car which is just, you know, really safe to do. It really makes a lot of sense. But people are videotaping, right? But yet this alleged incident involving Michael Bennett, it occurred at the entrance to the field. There's like a little gate at the bottom of the, 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 the stairs that lead to the field. And if you go through the little gate, you're on the field. You mean to tell me there wasn't a camera? It had to be 30 cameras trained on that spot. Uh, immediately after a Super Bowl game. So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what did happen, uh, but I find it very, very hard to believe that this incident allegedly occurred and not one camera at Energy Stadium caught Michael Bennett uh, pushing this woman. And uh, I, I maybe something will emerge in court. It certainly doesn't sound like it's it's been located yet. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, unless, you know, if, if there's no video and no witnesses – well, well, we'll see what happens. But it sure sounds like Michael Bennett will be available to the Eagles for the season. Um, his lawyer did say that uh, if it's the charges are not thrown out before the season, they expect it to go to trial after the season sometime in 2019. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think there's a pretty fair chance that it is uh, that the charges are thrown out. But I'm not an attorney. Uh, I don't know, but it sure it sure seems far fetched that this incident happened and it wasn't picked up on a camera. Okay, coming up on Rube Knows, how well does Barrett Brooks know Barrett Brooks? We'll find out next after this important health tip from Deborah Heart Lung Center. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer 
Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Rube Knows, the podcast. Welcome back to the Rube Knows podcast. Okay, it's time for Barrett Brooks trivia with one of the world's leading Barrett Brooks experts, Barrett Brooks. <laughs> What's up, Rube? What's going on? One of, what of, like one of the top ten. Well, one of the you top know. ten. Uh, if, if nobody else loves me, I love myself. Put it like that. I love me some me, T-O-S-K. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know how much you remember from your playing career. Um, concussions. <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> let's, let's well, go. we're going to find out. All right. We're going to find out. We're going to play some Barrett Brooks trivia. You ready? Yes, sir. Let's Are, go. You nervous? You know what? I am a little bit, you yeah. know? I want to be the competitor. Yeah. The competitive side of me. All right. Well, we're going to count points, and uh, we'll give you a score at the end. All right. First question. Uh, you you started right from the get-go as a rookie. Yes, sir. 1995. Opening day, Eagles-Buccaneers. The for who, for what game? Yep. Uh, your very first game, your very first play, what was the first offensive play you were involved in in your first game? Wow. You know what? I think it was 200 jet. And it was a, uh, it was 200 jet. And um, it was actually like a seven-step drop, too, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was going to, I think, Fred Barnett. Oh, you're so close. Well, the very first play was a penalty. <laughs> on CD Ahana too, so it was first and five. That was a Randall incomplete pass to Kevin Turner. So either one would have been correct. The actual play on first and five was a little a little swing pass to Kelvin Martin. Wow, wow, yeah. Kelvin Martin. Yeah. Wow, Kmart. Yeah, I mean, he, he just came from Dallas, right? I think it was the only catch he had all year too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just come from Dallas. Yep, big time Ray Rhodes free agent signing that one right. real well. All right, we're, let's try again. Number two. This is an easy one. This is a gimme. All right, you're drafted in the second round by the Eagles in 95. Now, later in that 95 draft, the Eagles drafted back-to-back -back running backs from the same college with consecutive picks wow, from okay. Mississippi State. Who were those two running backs taken with the 197th and 198th picks? Fred McCrary. Fred McCrary is one. And Kevin Bowie. Kevin Bowie? Bowie's the other. Yeah, there we yes. go. My guys. Yeah. Kevin Bowie, yeah. And Fred McCrary actually had a long career. Oh, yeah, he did. Ended up winning the Super Bowl with uh, New England. He actually. did. He won a ring. He played like 12 years in the league. Yep. Fullback. Yep. There you go. That's We'll count that as two points because we right. got both of them. <laughs> All right. Question number three. Name either. There's only been three Eagles ever drafted out of K-State. You and two other guys. You got one point each for either the other two. And they've all been since. They're actually in the 2000s. Mm. The the other two Kansas State players the Eagles have drafted. Oh my goodness! Was Mark Seminole one? No, he wasn't drafted here. Oh, he was brought in. Oh, he was drafted goodness. by the Falcons. But <laughs> one of them, one of them was in the league a few years and had two really notable games. 
Hmm. The other one, the other one was just in the last couple of years, but didn't make it. All right, I know it was a running back. They ended up trading him to Detroit, I think, wasn't it? What yeah. Was his name um, Brown. Yeah. Brown was one of them. And um, first name? Well, we'll give you credit. If it's if it was Jeopardy, all you have to say is Brown. So we'll give you. It was Bryce Brown. <laughs> Bryce Brown. Yep. Yeah. Bryce Brown. There you go. The other and, one was a cornerback. Yeah. I don't think you're going to get it. <laughs> no, I have no clue. No clue. Randall Evans. Wow, I, I did know Randall Evans. Yeah. That's right. That was like two years ago. That was 2015. Yes, You're right. Randall Evans. All right, we'll give you half a point. <laughs> Didn't he end up going to also New England? Everybody goes to New England. Right. He probably <laughs> went there and like you know became a three-time All-Pro. <laughs> all right. You played in 64 games under Ray Rhodes. All 64 games he coached. Yep. Uh, 95 to 98. Uh, only one other guy played in all 64 games under Ray Rhodes. Name that player. Mike Mamula. No. No, Mamula got hurt that one year. Oh, that's right. He missed like three games. Yeah. That's right. Oh. Now, I would have guessed Zordich, but it was not Mike Zordich. Was it? Um... And I'll give you a hint if you want one. Yeah, let me get one. This player. Let me get a lifeline. Is no... <laughs> <laughs> This player is known for one play against the Cowboys. That did not go extraordinarily well for him. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Tom Hutton. Tommy Hutton. Tom Hutton. Yep, yeah, yep. Tommy Hutton. The, uh, the, the botched debacle. Yeah, the botched <laughs> debacle. So you and Tommy Hutton, the only guys that played all sixty-four games under Ray Rhodes. Wow. All right, here, here we go. Last question, number five. We're playing Barrett Brooks trivia with Barrett Brooks. Uh, well, you know, I know something interesting while researching your career at great, uh, great extent this morning. You played in. Uh, eight playoff games. Yep. Uh, only one of them was at home, and that was your first one. Against Detroit. Against yeah. Detroit. Every yeah. other one was either on the road or at a neutral site, yep. being the Super Bowl with Pittsburgh. In that one home playoff game, it was a 58-37 win against the Lions and Lomas Brown, who had guaranteed a win, if you remember. Yep. It's not if we're going to win, but how many points we going to win by? That's right. And the reporter – that got that sound bite. It was Ray Dinger. Ray Diddy. Yes, it was. The Daily <laughs> News sent him out to Detroit to do uh, advanced stories. And uh, All right, so you guys scored seven touchdowns in that game. Six yep. players scored a touchdown in that 58-37 to 37 win. You get one point for every guy you can name who scored a touchdown. And here's a hint. Two of them were defensive players. Wow. Okay. Uh, Willie T scored one? Yes, he did. Uh Pick six off Don Mikowski. Yep, yep. Of course, he goes right for the defensive guy. Yes. One other defensive guy. He was a D-back. Was it a... Two running backs and two receivers. He played safety, didn't he? He was a corner. He was a corner. I don't know who it is. He spent most of his career with the Redskins. Get some of the offensive guys. All right. And, and Rob Carpenter. Rob Carpenter, the, the Hail Mary just before halftime. Yep. It was his last career catch. I wasn't? Yeah. Wow. Fred Barnett. Yep. Uh, two running backs. Ricky Waters scored yeah. one. He scored two. Yeah. Yep. Charlie scored one. And Charlie scored one. Yep. So you got all of them except the one D back who had a pick six. He played for played like nine years. Barry with the Wilburn. Redskins. Barry Wilburn. There we go. Man. <laughs> I thought he was a safety, but yeah, Barry. I can remember because I say he played safety. He used to be back in the wedge with me, and on kickoff return, right. And the guy would run down towards me like he was going to hit me. 
and always hit Barry. Back then, we used to hold each other up, and sometimes Barry would be knocked out. He'd be literally knocked out, and we're still holding him up in the wedge. He'd tell us, drop me, drop me. He said, I can't walk, man. Just drop me, man. Put me down. You got all, you got all, all seven guys. That's wow. pretty impressive. Uh, let me tally, tally up the final scores. And uh, you got a, a C minus. No, you got an A plus. You got the only one you got wrong was the, your first play, but that's kind of yeah, you know, that's kind of obscure. <laughs> I'm impressed. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, maybe uh, next time we'll do Howard Smothers trivia or something like that. Howard Smothers tackle out of a uh, was it? he was from a Bethune Cookman. That's yes, right, he Bethune was. Cookman. That's I right. See, you got a hundred on that one too. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Rube Knows. Thanks to Barrett Brooks for joining us. And remember to subscribe and rate Rube Knows wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Rube Knows on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Remember to subscribe to Rube Knows wherever you listen to podcasts.